Today on After God's Heart. Wonderful counselor. The two words together combine the the imagination of a wonder and the skill of a counselor. The words in scripture not only suggest the impact of his ministry, they defy our understanding. They imply the identity of who this child will be, unique and yet uncommon, too outstanding for words, the marvel, the wonder, the predictable unpredictability, the ultimate incomprehensibility of a wonderful counselor. This child who will be born, Isaiah says, will be called Wonderful Counselor. Welcome to After God's Heart with Dr. Darren Biles, author, professor, and pastor of Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. In today's episode of After God's Heart, Dr. Biles begins a new Christmas series he's entitled Unto Us. The series revolves around four pairs of descriptions of Christ from Isaiah 9-6. The words have been the expression of worship for so many believers for centuries. They have inspired hymns, books, sermons, and hearts. But as exalted as these words are, they pale in comparison to the greatness of Christ. In this series, we celebrate the love of a father and the greatness of a son sent unto us. Dr. Biles? I love the Christmas season. I love how it impacts our lives and how it directs our worship. I love how the focus of our faith, like the name of the season, is drawn to Christ. For some, Christmas is about lights and trees and Santa Claus and presents. But 750 years before Jesus was born, God directed our focus to him. Don't forget who he is. Don't lose the reason for the season. Don't forget Christmas is about Christ. I want to invite you to take your Bible and turn with me to a passage that will be our focal point for the next four weeks. It's a Christmas story told in the Old Testament prophet of Isaiah. Turn to Isaiah chapter 9 and let's worship Jesus as the wonderful counselor. This last week, the Christian Post ran an article about a student from the University of Cambridge who, in his message, heretically suggested that Jesus was transgendered. It was even more egregious when the students in the class complained to the dean, and the dean defended the student and said his views were, quote, legitimate. And it reinforced the need, the confusion in our day as to who Jesus really is. There is a distinct and at times disturbing lack of understanding as to the identity, the person of Jesus. As the choir just sang, the names of Jesus. We're going to be talking over the next few weeks about who Jesus is is in a series that I've entitled Unto Us. And we're going to be studying what the Bible says about Jesus, the names of Jesus, who Jesus is, who Jesus has come to be. And we're going to be looking in an Old Testament section in Isaiah chapter 9 at four pairs of names that describe the function and the identity of Jesus. We'll look at the names by which he is called that describe and reveal who he is. If you brought your Bible, let me invite you to open with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to look at the Old Testament prophet as he foreshadows the person 
and work of Christ. And when we get to verse 6, note the significance, the impact, not just of the coming of the child, but the names by which he was called. The context is Isaiah chapter 8, verse 22. They will look to the earth and behold distress, darkness, gloom of, ang of anguish, and they will be driven away into darkness. But there will be no more gloom for her who is in anguish. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on, he will make it glorious by the way of the sea at the other side of the Jordan, the Galilee of the Gentiles. To people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. You will multiply the nation. You will increase their joy. They will rejoice in your presence. As with the joy of harvest, the people rejoice when they divide the spoils. For you will break the yoke of the burden, the staff on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, as at the battle of Midian. For every boot of the marching warrior in the roar of battle, the cloak rolled in blood, will be burning fuel for the fire. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given. The government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Jerry Vines has said that Isaiah chapter 9 Verse 6 is the greatest single verse in all of Scripture about the identity of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it is with a little bit of awe and, and reverence that I want to focus our attention for the next few weeks on a series of names that are unfolded through the prophet Isaiah's word, the message, the impact, the introduction to this child and the, the prophet speaking in future tense, sort of lifting high on his tiptoes, foreseeing the impact of a child. The contrast in the text of the gloom and the trouble and the darkness, then contrasted by the light that will come because a child. That's the emphasis that, that goes all the way back to the gloom of darkness and anguish and distress. But, the prophet says, on those who used to be in distress, on those who used to face gloom, there will be no more anguish as in earlier times because a child is born. And all the world will change because a child is born. All the darkness is now illuminated because a child is born. And today... I want to introduce us to Jesus as the Wonderful Counselor. If you're using your King James Bible, you'll note that in some of the earlier translations, there's a comma between the word wonderful and the word counselor. If you listen to Handel's Messiah, or maybe you've been humming the words to Handel's Messiah, do you remember that part where the song gets to the wonderful counselor, mighty God? Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Most translations render these as four pairs of descriptions. There are no adjectives in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. They're all nouns. He is the wonderful counselor. It could mean that he is a wonder of a counselor. It could also mean he is a counselor who speaks wonderful things. 
It is a depiction of Jesus in who he is and what he has done. So let me set the context. Isaiah now writing 750 years before the birth of Christ, writing about the impact of the birth of a baby. Back in Isaiah chapter 1, when the text begins, the text doesn't begin with the introduction. The text doesn't begin with the call of the prophet. The text begins with God speaking against the worship of his people. He accuses Israel of trampling his courts, of defiling their worship, and even crescendos with the statement, I hate it when you come to church. In Isaiah chapter 6, we find the call of the prophet, and now Isaiah in the temple sees the Holy One seated on the throne in the train of his robe, filling the temple, and the thrice holy God, holy, holy, holy. It was Isaiah 7, when Isaiah talking to Ahaz, foreshadowing what was about to come in their dates, but more ultimately 750 years away in the day of Christ. And we are introduced in that text to Jesus as Emmanuel. Later confirmed in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 2, with the birth of a, of a baby, Meher Shalal Hashbaz, who was the immediate fulfillment of the prophecy in Isaiah 7, but more ultimately fulfilled in Christ. And then finally here in Isaiah 9, we find new names for the child. There comes a time in every new parent's journey of faith with the birth of their child where they come to that point with the awesome responsibility of naming their child. Do you remember that taught that point in your life? And those of you who are parents and you you remember that moment where the child is born and you begin to think through, I'm about to have a remarkable opportunity of giving this child a name by which he or she will be designated for the balance of his or her life. It's the second question that every person asks every new mother right after the gender of the baby is what is his or her name here we see the impact of Isaiah now describing for us the name of Jesus. Throughout Scripture, names indicate not just identity, but they indicate character. And especially when you come to the names of Jesus, we find a number of ways in which Jesus is described in the Bible. There are over 200 names of Jesus in the Bible. Here are some of them. Jesus is described as Almighty, Alpha and Omega, the Amen, Ancient of Days, the Anointed One. Jesus is the beginning and the end, the bread of life, the bridegroom, the bright and morning star. Jesus is the Christ, the Comforter, the Cornerstone, the Creator. Jesus is the Deliverer, the Everlasting Father, the Finisher of our faith. Jesus is the First and the Last, the Good Shepherd and the Great I Am. He's the Holy One. The image of God, Emmanuel, the judge. He's the just one, the king of kings, the lamb of God. He's the light of the world, the lion of the tribe of Judah and the Lord of lords. He's the master, the mediator, the Messiah, the mighty God. He's the offspring of David, the only begotten son. He's the physician, the power of God, the prince of peace and the redeemer. He's the revealer, the righteous judge and the rock. He's the savior the shepherd, the son, the true vine, the wisdom of God, and the wonderful counselor. His name 
is the solution to every problem, the answer to every question. His name calms every fear, seals every prayer, and wins every battle. At his name, angels quake, demons bow. His name is above every name. The most awarded artist in Christian music history, Stephen Curtis Chapman, will be live at Sunnyvale First Baptist Church on Saturday, December 2nd at 7 p.m. Join us as Stephen Curtis Chapman presents Acoustic Christmas. Tickets are $30 for general admission and $45 for Artist Circle and can be purchased in advance by going to sunnyvalefbc.com slash event slash Stephen Curtis Chapman. Tickets will be available for pickup at Sunnyvale First Baptist Church or can be held for will call pickup on the night of the concert. We'll see you at Sunnyvale First Baptist Church on Saturday, December 2nd at 7 p.m. as we celebrate an acoustic Christmas with Stephen Curtis Chapman. The Bible says there will come a day that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's not entirely clear how much Isaiah understood about this Messiah he was prophesying. We don't know exactly how much he understood, but he understood enough to know that in the midst of our gloom, in the midst of our darkness, there is coming a light. And that light will be fulfilled in the birth of a baby. There is coming an answer. His name will be called. Not his name should be called. His name will be called the Wonderful Counselor. All that you need to know about the Father wrapped up in a child whose name is Wonderful Counselor. The two words together combine the, the imagination of a wonder and the skill of a counselor. The words in Scripture not only suggest the impact of his ministry, they defy our understanding. They imply the identity of who this child will be unique and yet uncommon, too outstanding for words, the marvel, the wonder, the predictable unpredictability, the ultimate incomprehensibility of a wonderful counselor. This child who will be born, or Isaiah says, will be called Wonderful Counselor. If you watch Shark Tank, you know a man whose name is Kevin O'Leary. Canadian businessman, calls himself a venture capitalist, describes himself by the phrase, Mr. Wonderful. Now, I don't know Kevin O'Leary personally, and he may have many wonderful qualities. I haven't seen very many of them on the show, but he may be, in fact, a wonderful person. But as wonderful as Mr. Wonderful might be, Isaiah is introducing us to a child who is infinitely more. He is more wonderful, as Sandy Patty would sing. He is the wonderful counselor. Have you ever wondered at God? Has there ever been that moment in your life where you have stopped to think how wonderful God is? Mary did. 
Do you remember that moment when the angel came to Mary and revealed to her that she would give birth to a child and, and she stopped in awe and wonder, wondering that a son would be given to her? It's the same word that's used in Genesis chapter 18 when Abraham wondered that a 90-year-old wife of his would give birth to a child and God said, is anything too wonderful for the Lord? It's the same word that's used in Judges chapter 8, verse 16, when Samson's parents were revealed that they too would give birth to a child and the angel that was there, and, and they inquired, Manoah did, as to the name of the angel. And the angel said, why do you ask my name? It's wonderful. And if that angel's name was wonderful, how much more the name of Jesus, the wonderful counselor. We live in a day when superlatives are sometimes wasted on the ordinary. Have you noticed that? We, we extol average things as exceptional. We'll call athletic performances as heroic, and we'll refer to competitors in a game as heroes. Maybe that's why it was to the night shift shepherds that the angels first declared the birth of a child, not to the religious leaders. It was to the shepherds on the hillside that the angels came to declare his wonder. I spent some time this week just thinking about the, the wonders of Jesus. Think about Jesus's birth. You think about the miraculous nature of his birth, the prophecies throughout scripture, all fulfilled in the birth of this child, the virgin birth, the appearance of the angel, all of the miraculous wonder, the star, the shepherds, the wonders of the birth of Jesus. I thought about the wonder of Jesus's life, lived a perfect life, came and did miraculous things. He taught in ways that the world had never seen. He did things that, that the world had never before observed. He transformed the lives of those disciples merely by his teaching, the wonder of Jesus's life. I thought about the wonder of Jesus's death, who in that moment of his crucifixion, sacrificially paying the price for my sin and yours who vicariously suffering on our behalf so that by his stripes we are healed the wonder of his death i thought about the wonder of his resurrection three days after his death the bible says that jesus came back from the dead declaring his victory over death and the grave the wonder of his resurrection i thought about the wonder of his return because the Bible says, even as the angel declared that as you've seen the Son of Man go, he will return again. That was the promise that Jesus made to his disciples. I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I surely will come again. The wonder of his anticipation, the wonder of his birth, his teaching, his miracles, his life, his death. No one ever lived like Jesus. No one ever taught like Jesus. No one ever loved like Jesus. And the wonder of all wonders is that God in Christ loves you. He is a wonderful counselor. That same phrase is used in Isaiah 28, verse 29. And in that context, Isaiah said, talking about the wonderful counselor, describing the identity of one who was both wonders and rich in counsel. He came to be the wonder and the counselor. 
The Bible says Jesus is the wonderful counselor in that, in those times when our lives don't make sense, in those moments where pieces don't seem to fit together. Jesus is the one who reveals the Father. Jesus is the one who makes all of the confusion of our lives make sense. He's the wonderful counselor. Spurgeon said it was a counselor by whom the world was ruined, and it will be a counselor by whom the world will be redeemed. And that's the picture that we see here in Isaiah chapter 8. Notice the gloom of anguish, the darkness that was there, and all of the oppression that was taking place in the time when Isaiah was writing this the anticipation of all the gloom and the darkness that was then contrasted in the very next verse by light that's coming. And Isaiah knew something that the people in darkness did not yet know, that those who were dwelling in darkness will see a great light, that those who were living in their despair will find the answers to life's questions, but they'll find the answers at a place where they might not be looking. They'll find the answers in a child. Unto us, a child will be born. And Isaiah prophetically declared, we will see the light. I think that's the image that John in 1 John chapter 1 was describing when John said, we beheld him, we held him, we touched him. John seeing himself as the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy, we saw the light. We recognize that Jesus is the light of the world. He is the wonderful counselor. He's the wonderful counselor because he knows the depths of eternity. Think about how Jesus coexistent, co-eternal with the Father. His understanding is complete and infinite. He holds the copyright to the blueprints of the universe. His infinite understanding, he is the wonderful counselor. Paul said in Colossians chapter 2 verse 3, in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Even at 12, Jesus astounded the Jewish leaders in the temple by his wisdom and understanding. He is your wonderful counselor because he knows the depths of eternity. He's your wonderful counselor because he knows the heart of the Father. Jesus, divine and yet human. The Bible says everything that you and I go through, every struggle that we face, Jesus walked through and yet human and still divine, the one who is the mediator between God and man. He's the wonderful counselor because he knows the heart of the Father. He's the wonderful counselor because he speaks the word of truth. He's the wonderful counselor because he is the word of truth. He is the truth of the Father. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. He's the wonderful counselor because he's the word of truth. He's the wonderful counselor because he knows the wisdom of the Spirit, the counsel you need for your crisis, the answer you need for your questions. He, the wonderful counselor who knows the wisdom of the Spirit, he is your guide. He is your counselor. He's the wonderful counselor because he knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows the needs that you have. He knows the struggles that you face. He knows the questions that you have, the despair you are walking through. He's the light in your darkness. He's the wonderful counselor. And in the midst of their trouble, their gloom, 
their darkness, Isaiah declared there will be light. Counselors are important people. You may have informal counselors in your lives or formal. At their best, they bring truth to confusion of our lives. They speak wisdom and insight that directs our lives. The Bible says that Jesus wants to be that for you. But even more than that, the Bible reminds us that he is the best counselor. He is a wonder of a counselor. My prayer for you and your family is that you worship Jesus this Christmas season, that your focus is on Christ in Christmas, and that you find his direction for your lives and trust in his grace. If you've never done that before, this may be God's appeal to you. Come to Christ. He is a wonderful counselor. We've entitled this program, After God's Heart. The name of the program comes from the title of my newest book, After God's Heart. It's a story of the life of David, the challenges, the lessons that we learn from David, and how we can apply those to our lives. We'd love to send you a copy of my book when you support this ministry with your generous gift. Now, here's Ed to give you more details on how you can get a copy of my book. Thanks, Dr. Biles. You can get a copy of After God's Heart today. By contacting Sunnyvale First Baptist Church at 972-226-7105 or SunnyvaleFBC.com. You can also write us at 3018 North Beltline Road, Sunnyvale, Texas, 75182. Attention after God's heart. And here's a final word from Pastor Darren. Thanks, Ed. I want to personally invite you anytime you are able to be our guest at Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. We have Sunday school for all ages beginning at 9 o'clock, and we have worship in both English and Spanish beginning at 1030. We'd love to see you and your family anytime you are able at Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. You've been listening to After God's Heart with Dr. Darren Biles. We want to thank you for listening and hope it's been a blessing to you. I'm your host, Ed Petty. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time on After God's Heart.